Hey, welcome back. Um, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm a literal dead man. You need to watch the video today. If you're listening only, you need to watch the video. It's on my YouTube channel, Franklin Miller. That's my name, okay? I probably have clips all over my Instagram and Twitter at Franco's World underscore. I'm a mess. I'm hurt. My neck, my back, my hands, my wrists, my hips, everything hurts, and I'm dying. I just got back from like a 54-hole golf bender, and I'm exhausted. I went to Glade Springs which is a nice resort. It's a lovely resort. Okay. I have nothing but positive things to say about Glade Springs in Southern West Virginia. Okay. Went there with three of my friends. We golfed hard. We partied hard. We had a lot of fun and I took full advantage of the anonymities while I was there. Okay. When I go to a resort, I'm taking full advantage of the anonymities. You can call me white trash. You can call me a thief all you want. I'm paying for the trip. I'm taking advantage of the things that are offered. Okay, yeah, I stole lotion. I needed it. It smelled like mandarin oranges. It was nice. All right? I stole some shampoo. So what? Sue me. I'm taking full advantage of the continental breakfast, which I tweeted about. And actually, the tweet actually did well for me, which made me sad because that tweet was like a literal joke. How... You know, I was waking up before everyone else because I'm the oldest person there. So obviously I'm going to wake up before everyone else and get to the continental breakfast early. And no one wanted to get up. They all just wanted to sleep all day and just play golf. I'm taking advantage of the anonymities. I went to the leisure center for my leisure activities. That means I shot basketball. They had an indoor arcade. I didn't get to use it. I shot basketball. I went bowling. I spent 15 minutes in the sauna and I'm now a sauna guy for life. I went to the hot tub for two minutes and then realized there was like a bunch of people in there. So I immediately got out. Then I did a polar plunge to wake myself up in the ice cold water. And then that was it. And I took advantage of all those anonymities. Granted, the bowling alley, the the lanes looked like they hadn't been waxed since like the 60s. And the balls had like chips in them and stuff like that. You'll have that. You'll have that. But it was a nice resort and the golf there, guys. The golf there, easily the best courses I've, I've played at because, well, I mean, you have to qualify for the Green Bar Classic or like the West Virginia Open at one of these courses called the Cobb Course. I have this thing called a VIP card for golf and uh, in the state of West Virginia. So it gets me deals on all these golf courses. So instead of paying like 120 some bucks for a round of golf, I'm paying like 50 and 45. So I paid, I've played three different courses. Stonehaven, Woodhaven, and Cobb. I shot 84, 85, and 89, respectfully. That is good for me. I'm around 15, 16 handicap. Those courses were super tough. The fact I finished 18 over at an incredibly tough course that was like putting on glass. If They, they told you, they said, you want to be below the hole. Yeah, uphill putts are easier for those golf novices out there. And I'm above the hole. And if you tap it, because it's downhill, tap it. Little tap, tap, taparoo. Give it a little tap. It is gone. It's like putting on glass. I'm not kidding you guys. And I birdied the hardest hole in the course. Hardest hole in the course. I birdied it. Made it mine. I own that hole. I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was the hardest hole in the course. I don't remember the number of it. But I had a ton of fun, man. And I got to see my grandma while I was down there. I'm vaccinated. She's vaccinated. I surprised her and, and paid a visit to her home for, for a half hour or so. It's great. 
I, I love that area, Beckley, West Virginia. For those that don't know, it's where most of my family's from. So I feel very comfortable down there. I can drive around without GPS. I know where I'm going. Shout out Beckley. I, I love that area. And I love the Glade Springs uh, Resort. I plan on going back at some point in my life. I bought a hat. It was 30 bucks, but I think it was worth it. I look good in it. I almost wore it on the show today. Decided to not do that. Decided not to do that. So if you get a chance, go to Glade Springs. I wanted to try the equestrian. I wanted to ride a horse. I've been getting into horses lately, and I don't mean that I'm going to be like a horse guy or, or a fake cowboy, which you know I am a fake cowboy, but I don't know. I'd like to ride a horse. I'd like to ride. I have a question for those that know horses out there. For the, for the people, and I'm sure I have listeners that spent time on farms or, or what have you. Horses, they don't like fight each other to the death, right? Horses don't do that. I don't I don't think they do, and I'm just asking because I know there's that island on the out like near Virginia where they have all those wild horses that run free. And I know there's gotta be some sort of their own pyramid of who's the boss horse, like who's the stud, who's the main horse, and who are like all the beta horses, the alpha horse and the beta horse. Is this a real thing with horses? I'm curious. Cause I have no idea. I want to ride a horse, preferably a gray one, but are like, I, I'm just curious, like, I, cause, cause you look at all these animals and it's like, you know, like wolves, you know, do they eat each other? I don't know how animals work. I think it's what I'm realizing this as I'm like sputtering. I don't know how animals work. I know there's like some sort of food chain, but I don't know if horses, I'm not asking if they eat each other, but like, do they kill each other in, in combat? I'm curious. Love is dead. Love is dead, by the way. I'm not talking about the relationship between human and horse, which, from what I've gathered, is a very uh, serious relationship. People love the horses that they that they ride and take care of. Love them. I guess, that, I don't know, horse girls, like that's like a big thing for them. Like They love the horse. They love it. But love is dead. And I'm saying love is dead because... <laughs> Um, we've seen some recent major relationship news from the celebrity world. It's shaken me to my core, and I don't know if I will ever recover. Jennifer Lopez has decided to get back with Ben Affleck. Benifer is back. I have issue with this because you know me. I'm a baseball guy. I'm going to defend my baseball guys till the end. The reports are coming out saying that Ben Affleck was hitting up J-Lo in February. J-Lo was dating A-Rod in February. This is tampering. We're going to submit this evidence to the league office. And we're going to hear a suspension come down from the head honcho. That's unbelievable, man. And, you know, Ben, it's just like, I don't care how much you love somebody. If you're, if they are in a relationship, you cannot be hitting them up. I don't care how much in love you are with them. Yeah, maybe the relationship is on like on the out and out. But still, until it's finito, until it's finalized, you cannot hit them up. And now people were mocking A-Rod. Because he was putting on his Instagram story, 
like pictures of J-Lo and him with Coldplay playing in the background. I saw sparks. You can't be doing that. That's bad optics, A-Rod. You can't be doing that. But Ben Affleck can't be hitting up J-Lo like that. It ain't right and it ain't fair. And I won't stand for it. I won't sit for it either. All right? That's tampering. Can't be hitting up other girls, other guys' girls like that. So now, I was like, you know what? J-Lo, she's probably going to be the the bigger person in this relationship. A-Rod, your hand, it's bad optics for you to put out the Coldplay stuff like that. It's bad for you to essentially say like goodbye publicly like that. It's just not good optics. That's just... The relationship stuff should be close to the vest. I don't even talk to my friends about relationship stuff a lot. Like, hold on, I'll get to that point after I finish this J-Lo thing. But now I'm fully on A-Rod's side. I don't care all the weird stuff he's done. A-Rod, I want to work for you. A-Rod Core, if you're listening, I want to be I want to be working with you. I'm a baseball guy. I have a baseball shirt on. Check out my friend's website, baseballlegendapparel.com. Use promo code Frank with a K, 10% off your final purchase. Uh, A-Rod, I want to work with you. I want to work for A-Rod Core, and I got your back. You don't deserve to be humiliated like this in the public, A-Rod. For, for Ben to do that, he's not a man of honor. He doesn't, he doesn't know the code. He, he, you're keeping it between the lines. You know, you're not taking off the field stuff and bringing it on the field, A-Rod. That's not your style. That's not you, A-Rod. I know you. You're a man's man. You're a man of honor, A-Rod. And for for Ben to go out here and be this conniving weasel and do these things behind behind everyone's back. Can't respect it. I'm happy he's not Batman anymore. Batman wouldn't do that. I keep my relationship stuff close to the vest. And I know not everyone does the same. And I'm not condemning everyone for not doing the same. Because I have had to learn that not everybody does the same weird rules that I do. So, yeah, some people like to tell everyone about every text message they get from whomever they're talking to. Others do not. On the spectrum, I'm on the side of those that do not. And not everyone needs to know about my relationship businesses. It's just weird. I don't know why, like, somebody's being a very, like, it's a getting very intimate, being very personal and telling you, I don't know, whatever a secret or this or that. And you're immediately going to your best friend or whomever you feel comfortable confiding in and just telling them everything. That makes no sense to me. If I catch wind of that, if I find out that you do that, it's going to make me lose a little bit of respect for you. It's also going to make me not want to open up to you. This goes for everybody. I think everybody would, would agree that if, if you find out that somebody knows all your deepest, darkest secrets from your relationships with a person, Make you lose a bit of respect for them. A-Rod, I got your back, buddy. I got I got A-Rod's back. I got his back. Love is also dead because we have found out that uh, comedian John Mulaney and his wife are getting a divorce. I don't really have much of an opinion on that. Uh, you know me, I'm pro-comic, so there's no need to be talking about comics' personal lives unless they're bad people. And John Mulaney seems like a really straight-up guy. Maybe he just fell out of love with somebody. I know he just got out of rehab. Uh, so props to him for getting better. But uh, yeah, I, I really don't have an opinion on that. I don't even know why I'm talking about it right now. Because I'm so upset about A-Rod. Gosh. So what el- what else do we have here? I have a whole list of things and I can't see them because I don't have my glasses on. I have my sunglasses on. These aren't prescription sunglasses. So as we know, as we know, and as as we've been seeing all over the internet, 
there is a gas shortage going on. Or at least that's what they want us to believe. This is not even, this quote-unquote gas shortage is not even a blip on the radar. This is all some sort of propaganda. Yeah, the gas flow like stopped, but like it'll be there. It'll be back. Like, I'm not worried about it. And what do us dumb Americans do, especially us people in the southern region? We like to panic buy. The southern region likes to panic buy because of what they see on the television. Okay? Northeast people panic buy because of stuff they know is going to happen. Southeastern people panic buy, panic buy because of stuff that they think might happen. That is just what it is. Southern, southeastern people take extra precautions when it comes to things. It's just what they do. And so, you know, Tucker Carlson probably got out there the other day and said, you know, your family is going to have a gas shortage. And that means you won't be able to buy gasoline for your vehicle or your boat. What are you going to do with your pontoon boat when it's sitting in the yard? You can't go on the water with that. You need gasoline. And you can't get it anywhere. That's what that's the type of stuff. And then it gets into people's minds and then they go panic buy. That's just what they do. So so you see these pictures of people filling up 10 gallon drums of gasoline. I saw a picture of somebody with bags. I don't even know if that works. They did that yesterday. And I'm not this isn't a bit. This isn't a joke. This is something that actually happened. So my mom just regurgitating things she sees on Fox News. Um, said, oh, you better go out and get you some gas. You better go buy some gasoline. There's a gas shortage. You won't be able to get gas nowhere. She actually texted me in the middle of the day, said, did you get gas yet? I said, no, mom, I, I haven't. I will get it sometime. I'm sure there will be gas somewhere in our population of like 400,000 people. That's, that's a rough estimate. That's actually wildly incorrect. There's not 400,000 people in this city. I don't know how many people are in my city. It's definitely not 400,000. That's on me. I did bad math. So I, I went and got gas later to local corner BP. 75, 80-year-old woman is at the gas pump before me. In her trunk of her uh, Buick, which on the nose there, old woman driving a Buick, six or seven of those classic red gallon jugs. And she's filling them all up. She's having a ball. She's getting gas for things that don't even need gas. She's just doing it. She's like, well, what if we do buy a refrigerator and what if it needs somehow needs gas? She's buying things. She's buying gasoline for things that don't even need it. Fills up her, her gallon drums with it. The only place she's going is McDonald's breakfast, church on Sunday, and home. Those are the only places the elderly people in my hometown go. That's it. You go to McDonald's for breakfast, you go to church on Sunday, and you go home, and that's it. Those are your three places. Ethel, you're 80 years old. Save the gasoline for us that will be here next week. You don't need eight gallons of gasoline in your trunk alone. You don't need it. God forbid. <laughs> God forbid bit a static shock goes through your trunk with the blankets you got back there. Then we're all dead. Thanks a lot, Ethel. 
There's no need for that. And people are panic buying it. And actually, uh, a suburban housewife in a nice SUV actually called her out on it. And I was pumping my gasoline. And she apparently knew the person across from Ethel. Some random guy. And she made a snide remark. And we made eye contact after. I don't know if she thought I was like mad at her. But I want to say this to the woman in SUV. I'm on your side a thousand percent because I love a good snide remark. Okay. So what she said to the guy across the gas pump from Ethel, she might not even know the guy. Maybe it was like her son's t-ball coach and she was just being cordial with him. But she also wanted an excuse to say what she was about to say. So the suburban housewife says to the guy, she goes, it's so crazy how people are panic buying gasoline, like save some for other people. I can't believe people are are filling up gallon drums and stuff like that. Meanwhile, Ethel's sitting right there filling up more gallon drums of gasoline. It was such a snide remark. And I heard that and I went, whew. I made eye contact right with her. And I don't know if she thought I was like a mad eye contact, but if, if you hear this somehow, the woman at the BP slash 7-Eleven right by Lubeck School, uh, I'm on your side. I thought that was a very weird thing that Ethel did where she filled up all that gasoline. There's no need for it. The gas will be here. It's not even a blip on a radar. There will be gasoline. Stop with the panic buying. Because us panic buying will in turn create the gas shortage that you are afraid of. I remember the pandemic first started. Toilet paper shortage. Germex shortage. Mask shortage. There was even a change shortage. You would go through a drive-thru and they said, you have to pay with your debit card. We don't have change. Where did it go? Are people hoarding change? Coinstar exists. You don't need to hoard the change. I remember one time my dad, who's a child of the 50s and 60s, had a you know, like a water cooler jug thing that you see at like offices. You push down on it. That was full of change. We went to like two or three different banks before one committed to counting through all of that and giving us money for it. I remember that. He, haul- he carried it in full of change, very heavy, carried it into a bank in Belpre, Ohio, and essentially slammed it on the table and said, you guys deal with this. I want the money back. That's what he did. He pawned off the problem on somebody else. People were hoarding change. People are probably still using the toilet paper that they bought during the beginning of the pandemic. I just don't understand the panic buying. Whenever you go panic buy, it does create the shortage. Now, I'm not saying... Like, I did fill up my car with gasoline. It was on half tank. I put it on full tank. I don't think I'm really hurting anyone there or, aid, or or adding to the problem. Ethel is the problem. So when people fill up these massive drums or garbage cans or whatever, fill that with gasoline, that creates the shortage. You topping off your car does not create the shortage. You buying one pack of toilet paper does not create the shortage people going through and buying looking like they're doing the farmer's walk with toilet paper with Charmin that creates the shortage stop panic buying things because you're just seeing things on the news Tucker Carlson you know what happens when people run out of toilet paper they're gonna have to use leaves and what if what if your leaves have pesticides on them and you're putting that in your body. Do you think that's a safe thing for your family to see at night? 
What about your white picket fence and your two golden retrievers? Do you think that's good for them to have that? I don't think so. Cucker Carlson, back after this. We need to stop panic buying. It's not a big deal. There will be gasoline. This country runs on gasoline. This country fights wars over things that make gasoline. Right? Right? I'm asking nobody. I'm asking somebody. <laughs> I say, do you need that? Uh, let's talk about other things that are going on in my life. Let's talk about, let's talk about that. So today, and I'm, therapy's going great. And I understand, you know, some people are in it for the long haul. Some people want to be it forever and make it a part of them. And that's fine. I would like to complete it and move on. Um, I'm doing, I'm doing, making a lot of great strides. I'm really, I had to say this and not sound arrogant. I love myself. I think I'm great. I think I'm a great person. And I think I'm right most of the time about stuff. And I'm very happy with myself. It feels good to say that. However. Today in the waiting room, sorry, today in the waiting room at the therapist's office, I'm sitting there, and they have music playing lightly in the background. Fleetwood Mac, Landslide comes on. Are they trying to get me emotional before my visit? Is this part of their ploy? Is this how therapist's office keep you on the ride and keep you coming back? Ah, he's, he's winding down his meetings here. He's about to complete his his therapy. Uh, how about we just turn on landslide and make him think about every decision he's ever made and get him bummed out before the meeting? How about that? He's already fixed so many issues going on with him. Let's add a couple more. Sometimes, sometimes I think that's what goes on in my therapist's office. I think that there are cameras. I'm not like creating weird scenarios in my mind, but I think there's like cameras and stuff like that, and they can see me, and they think like, oh, this is is this is this when he freaks out? You know. Like there was that one kid, I, I don't know if I told this story on here, but there was that one kid who was lying on the ground and like rolling around, crawling on all fours and barking like a dog. And I don't know if this was a test from my therapist to see like, will he snap and say something to the kid? That's not his kid. Will he do that? We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. It's crazy, man. I think I think this whole therapy thing is just to keep you on the ride. As far as my mental health goes, like I said, I love myself. I'm very happy with myself. I think that I'm on the up and up. I think that good things are coming my way because of the work that I've put in during the pandemic. I think that good things will come my way and good things will continue to come my way because uh, I'm a good person. I do the right thing. I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but that's that's the uh, blueprint. That's the blueprint there. And... I've noticed a theme here, and maybe you've noticed it too. Every Sunday, when you get your screen time report back, if you have an iPhone, do you notice that the weeks that you feel a little bit better about yourself, you also get the notification that screen time's down by 15%? Because my screen time was down by 15% this week, and I noticed how much happier I was throughout the week. Granted, for those days, I was like traveling and, and playing golf and stuff like that. So can't really be on your phone when you're doing that stuff. So maybe there's that. But still, it's like it, it's 
a direct correlation between being active and doing things and being happy, or at least that that's how it is for me. And maybe that's how it is for you, because I've noticed also that the days where I don't have to go uh, work or the days that I don't have a podcast to record or a couple appointments or this or that, and I have nothing but like a couple hours before I go work out and I can do nothing but sit there and think and think and think and think and think and think. And that's what gets me in trouble is when I start thinking, when I start overthinking. Um, and then you just start thinking about every decision you've ever made in your life. And you start thinking about every scenario and how th- you wish you could have put this puzzle piece here and this there. And so hopefully it plays out differently. So let's stop doing that as a team. Like like I said a few months ago, let's let's stop the bad let's spot the bad thoughts, let's stop the bad thoughts, and let's swap the bad thoughts. And it's so crazy to me because I was in when I said that the the first time on the show, um, like I hadn't really been doing that, and I just thought that okay, when my mind goes crazy and it just starts, uh, you know, drifting off into nowhere. That that's it. That the, those are my thoughts, and I can't really do anything about that. But it's it's wild how much, you know, you learn and you study this stuff, and you realize that you sort of create and control your own happiness. And being dependent on other people, or worldly items, or or whatever, to dictate whether you're happy or sad is. It's not a healthy lifestyle. I know people invest a lot of their time and effort. I got a lot of sports people in here and invest a lot of time and effort into how my sports team is doing. And people ride the highs and lows of that, and it just bums them out. You know, it's uh, it's not a healthy way to live to to let the outside world dictate your happiness. So, you are the author on your own book of life. Let's turn the page. And let's let's keep writing, okay? So there's that. You are the author on your own book of life. That's my little wisdom for you. Honestly, guys, I I got a message a few weeks back. It was a solo episode I did. Actually, I'll, I got two things. I had a me- I got a message a few weeks back. My buddy, uh, we'll call him McClung, because he went to Nova, and uh, except McClung went to Georgetown, so I don't know why we called him McClung. Huh? Whatever. Um. But anyway, yeah, that was McClung. That was his nickname. I used to work with him. And he said something about like how I keep dropping these pearls of wisdom. I think I'm a very wise person. Wise beyond my years. Um, just the stuff, even my, you know, my parents say this, my therapists say this, my friends say this. Just the, the way that I deliver things just sounds, I don't know, differently. Because I take my time. And I, and I, I, I like to hear everybody's story and gather all information before I make some sort of decision or, or say something. Um, I don't know. Like I said, like I told you guys, like I'm on this endless search for all information, for all knowledge and it'll never stop. And I think that's a way to stay sharp. So I'm always learning new things. I, I love learning new things. I hate, I think that's how we stay sharp in life. Um, I like to do the New York times crossword in pen I, just to stay sharp. I think we should all like, Here's a here's a, a challenge for you. I got two challenges for you, and I also got something else to say. Uh, two challenges for you. Let's let's all learn something this week, okay? And then and then you can message me throughout the week, and we'll see where we are the next time I do a solo episode. I got an episode coming out with Mike Bramante next week. That's been recorded and edited, and that'll come out on Tuesday. 
great comic, Mike Bramante. Check him out. And then the week after that, we'll do we'll talk about the challenge. So the challenge is, I want you to go learn one thing. One thing, and preferably something odd. So I like to learn about why, I, like, I've read countless stories as why uh, Pan Am failed as an airline, why TWA failed as an airline, or read something about, like, uh, a type of boat that used to be made that isn't made anymore, or something weird. I want you to go learn something weird, and I want you to report back to me what the weird thing is that you learn. I don't care if it's an animal fact, but it better not be, like, one little thing it's like oh you know that like uh little ricky ticky tavy whatever animal that was they can kill two snakes at a time don't give me like one fact i want like give me a give me a broad thing because i want to learn too so learn one thing report back to me also the screen uh the screen time challenge uh i don't get nominated to do many challenge i remember when the als ice bucket challenge was going around i didn't get nominated for that the Harlem Shake Challenge going around. I didn't get to do one of those. The Running Man Challenge. I didn't get to do one of those. The one with Black Beetles. I didn't get to do one of those. Basically, I have no friends and nobody wants me to do anything with them. That's fun. I get that. So I didn't get to do any of those, but I'm making my own challenge now. And this will be the Screen Time Challenge. Let's all collectively, as a team, report back on Sunday. Tweet at me this Sunday or next Sunday. And let's let's compare our screen times. And I hope it's double digits. I hope it's 10% than last week. Because that's really not a lot. Screen time is down 10%. Let's let's shoot for if our screen time is down by 10%, then we win. And we won. All right. So last thing. Uh last night, I went out to dinner with my buddy Melvin Stubbs. Uh it's a great music producer, great friend of mine. And he said that, you know, it was kind of inspiring to hear my episode 100 where I talked about my New York trip. So and, and I never really considered myself a sort of like an inspiring person. I just like to talk. And so I hope that you go out and do something that's out of your comfort zone, because going to the biggest city in the United States and doing comedy was was definitely out of my comfort zone. All right. And uh, I'm getting a phone call right now. So uh, I guess I got to go take that. But uh, in the meantime, keep taking care of yourselves and keep all those questions and answers coming. When I do that, keep giving me feedback. Subscribe to the show. Tell your friends about it so it can grow. And I hope you have a great day. See ya.